Hello, Tom here. The Berkshire Football Stories podcast has got a new sponsor. Exciting, huh? That doesn't mean that we've got new kit, though. The club secretary has made us print it over the top of last season's shirt sponsor. He reckons it'll stretch to at least another year. He mumbled something about those footballs we keep kicking over the fence, not paying for themselves. Our new sponsor? Oh, that would be MRS Digital, an award-winning digital marketing agency offering affordable social media, pay-per-click and search engine optimization to help local businesses thrive since 1999. To find out more, visit mrs.digital and tell them we sent you. Hello and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories podcast with me, Tom Canning, and him, Rob Davis. This is our pub, but not in a pub chat podcast we're doing daily to try and keep ourselves and all of you busy during the lockdown. You can see more podcasts from us by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. You can also follow us on Twitter at FI Berkshire and you can find out more at www.footballinberkshire.co.uk. Today, our very special guest, and, and timing is absolutely uh, epic in this, uh, is our special guest today is the new Binfield first team coach, Jeff Warner, who joins us on the phone. Hi, Jeff. Hi. You okay? Yeah, not too bad. It's uh, it's nice to see you. Um, anybody who doesn't know, we do these on video chat, but uh, it's only us that can see. But it is nice to see you, Jeff. It's been a while. Thanks. <laughs> you uh, like like most people on the on this uh, lockdown. You've grown yourself a nice beard by the looks of things. Yeah, boredom set in, so I decided <laughs> to try something different. <laughs> mm, likewise. <laughs> so um, you uh, you've you've just uh, you've just walked in the door at Hill Farm Lane with Binfield. Um, I spoke to Jamie McClurg briefly this morning, but it seems like uh, he said uh, it was an absolute obvious decision. Was it Was it similar for you? Yeah, it was really. Um, I mean, I've worked with Jamie and Withs for a few years at Bracknell. We've always got on well. Um, I like what they did just last year with Roger at Binfield. And when the opportunity came to go there, um, it, it didn't need a second thought, really. It was just... Let's get you know. Let's do it and let's get going when we're ready. It's uh, it's a little bit sort of like getting the band back together because you've got uh, Tony Perry going across with you as well, and and is it his son Ross? Yeah, Ross is yeah, Ross is coming along as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've again, Tony's another one of us that I've worked with. Uh, me and him got on very well. We have a bit of history in that the first session I ever did at Bracknell um, was the day. He um, had the, well, not the heart attack, the uh, stroke. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> and I thought, what am I letting myself in for here? <laughs> that was the first session I did at Bracknell. But me and Tony have uh, had a great rapport and get on really well. Um, so what, what are you looking forward to in terms of uh, working at Binfield? What, what do you know about the club? I've, I've always thought um, Binfield was a good club. Um, from when I was at Bracknell, when I played there, we always, we always used to play at the old, we, whenever we played Brimfield, we played at the old ground. Um, a few of us from Bracknell always played in the Brimfield six-a-side tournament every summer. Um, and uh, then they moved to the new ground And when I was at Reading Town. And an old playing colleague of mine, Johnny Steer, was manager of Brimfield at the time. And I've always thought it was a nice, friendly, well-run club um, and it, it's just good to join that club now. Do you know um, 
Yeah, exactly. Sort of what kind of roles the um, you will take over? Obviously, Tony and Ross are going to be the, taking care of the goalkeeping. But with the new management team there, Jamie and Carl, and yourself going in, um, do you know specifically what you're going to be doing yet? Do you have defined roles, or um, uh, or is that sort of all to be decided? We've had one or two conversations similar to this um, with Jamie and Carl. Um, but we haven't really had an opportunity because of the current situation to sit down together and discuss it in great detail. But I'm, I'm just assuming, and I know that I'll go in there and do the coaching. Uh, Carl and, and uh, Jamie will look after the first team in terms of the players. Uh, we'll all have a say in selection, I'm assuming. And then I'll work closely with Tony on how we, how we do each training session. There's obviously um, there's obviously a couple of players that you know from your your time with Bracknell. Is there anyone sort of in that squad you're you're looking forward to working working with again? And <laughs> perhaps slightly jokingly, there's a, is there anyone that you're I'm really looking forward to trying to get George Short fit? That's probably <laughs> one of my main objectives for next season is to try and get Shorty fit and to try and get a season out of him. Robert, his lawyers but, are going to uh, be on the phone again. <laughs> We've already had conversations already. Um, no, there's a lot of players there. Sean Moore, Josh Elmore. I mean, I'm assuming these boys are staying. I don't really know. Um, Acer, I don't know very well. Uh, obviously, George, um, Tom Melladew, I know really well. Played with his dad. Um, you know, and um, obviously, Leggy, uh, Gracie. So there's a lot there that I know really well. And you know, I always think that just because players have, have been around, you can always improve anybody. And that will be part of my aim. It's just one of the things I tried to do at Bracknell is try and improve everybody. And that's something that we'll we'll have to try and do at Binfield as well. Anyone who's uh, um, seen your CV or, or knows a bit about you knows that you um, uh, have been head coaches in previous places. Why... Um... Why did you choose to go somewhere where um, you, you won't necessarily be first team coach? Uh, Jamie and, and Carl, obviously, there, like you said. Um, why, why did you choose to be sort of uh, head of coaching rather than uh, taking on a, a setup in your own right? Yeah, I think I think I'm at a stage now where um, enjoying it, working with people I get on with that I can trust. That's that's my main thoughts at the moment. I mean, I think I'm probably coming to the end of my coaching career or towards the end. And it's just a case now of enjoying it, working with people that I like and can trust. Mm -hmm. Did the, uh, does the club have any uh, particular ambitions that sort of has fed into your decision to go there? Or is, is it just simply the setup and, uh, like you say, a nice club and nice people to work with? No, certainly when I spoke to the, spoke to the, uh, Jamie and Carl, obviously... They, they want to go up, and I'm presuming that's where the club want to go. Um, they, were, they would have been very close to doing it last year. And, I mean, the thing is, who knows at the moment what the structure of the leagues are going to be? It, it could work out. It could work out that, I don't know, they might end up going up anyway. I, I, I don't if any if any clubs above uh, in step three or four drop out, there's always a, an opportunity because they... They had one of if they're going on points per game ratio, they must have had one of the best points per game ratio in step five last season. 
So that, that, that but that's, you know, I, I'm, we're all just assuming we're step five and the ambition is to, to get to step four by this time next year. Just uh, just looking at the squad that, that is there currently, and as you say, you know, we're all assuming that, that players stay. If Even if Binfield did end up going up this season, um, with everything that's going on, it looks like there's a capable step four squad there ready to go anyway. So do you feel like it'd be too much of a problem to, to kind of make that change at the last minute? No, I, I don't. I don't think so. If if you look at the squad there, um, and there's one or two additions, then most of those players have either played in step four or above, or are certainly capable of doing that anyway. Um, Jeff, let's take you back to your your kind of coaching career because you've had some. Um, you've had you've worked with some big clubs. You worked with some professional clubs, and you've coached professionally can you where where did coaching start for you how did how did that that uh, how did that become a thing for you um i started um i was still playing i started just coaching like many people do coaching my son's team thought i was enjoying it i went on the old prelim course in 1988 met a fella called andy ritchie who a lot of people know who, was, who had just started the um the Palace Centre of Excellence at Bracknell. Um, he invited me along there to to work on, at the centre. I did my licence in 1993, and as soon after that, Andy left to um, to go to Chelsea. So I took over as uh, Centre of Excellence director at the um, at the Bracknell Centre for Crystal Palace, where we were quite successful, produced a few players, um, and then in 2000. Obviously, what was happening was the best players in Reading were going to Crystal Palace. They just started their academy, and John Stevenson, Brendan Rodgers, Kevin, uh, Kevin Dillon, I met with them and decided to move to Reading. And that was in 2000. I had 10 great years there. Really enjoyed my time there. Um, and after 10 years, that ended. Um, time to move on. Went to Aldershot for a season because Kevin was there. Kevin Dillon was there, and then had four good years at uh, Fulham as well before moving back into non-league. But I did, I did do um, eight years at Reading Town, um, which was which was good. We we had our own football in the community scheme. Um, did the first team, did the women's, did the a bit with the uh, Reading Royals ladies team as well. It seems. Um, it seems. So the last couple of podcasts, Reading Town have got a, a fair bit of a fair bit of airtime. They seem to have been a, a, a good attraction for a lot of kind of local talent and coaches and all sorts of things. What, what was that club like? Because it, it's it's a club that I sort of barely knew. I went there in '93. Um, I knew. Um, I just just before I did uh, did my license, I went there with a guy called Dave Crowdy who I knew from, from playing and actually played with him. Um, he'd won the um, National Sunday Cup uh, with Thiel. Yeah. And a lot of those Steel players were involved in the Reading Town team. Um, and we had we had some good time. We had some good times. We got we won the Chiltonian League in our second season. Uh, finished runners up in the combined counties a couple of times. Uh, won the Barks and Bucks Senior Trophy. We, we had we had five or six real good years there when when Dave was there, and I I did I was 
I seemed to alternate between coach one year, David leave because he fell out. Because uh, you know um, there was you know what non-league's like. Yeah. And then I'd do it for a year, and then David come back for a year, and it was a it was a little bit like that. But it was a it was a great club. It's a, a guy there called Roland Ford. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever come across. I've, I know. I've I've known. Is, is is um I might be I might be um is Roland still around? Roland, yeah, Roland's still around. He's a great guy. Great I, guy. I got I, on really well with him. I'm I'm only unsure about that because I do remember there was a report at one point that he'd passed away, and he had to come out into oh, the yeah. press and say that. Um, <laughs> actually, I'm not dead. <laughs> fake news but uh, yeah no well it, there was a there was a real report that it had, that he'd he died yeah. and 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 it was yeah i heard that yeah, <laughs> yeah. you've just reminded no, was, me of that <laughs> he was a real good guy to work with roland <laughs> i was uh listening to you uh talk through your career there and there's so many uh clubs at uh, high end and uh, low end uh, um can you uh um with, uh um any of the sort of star players or star attractions that you work with, some some of the talents that you uh, um, uh, got to work with over the course of what sounds like yeah, you know, I mean, a first-year career. It, it, I mean, it all started at Palace, and we create we 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 developed a few there: Hayden Mullins, um, uh, Thomas Soares. Uh, there were there were a lot of really good players that came from that. I think there were about twelve players that played at Pro that actually came from that centre. And then at, uh, at Reading, uh, I was fortunate enough to work with that, that good era of players with uh, Jim Kerrigan, James Pearce, uh, James Henry, Simon Church, Hal Robson-Canoe. That, that group all came through together, Scotty Davis. Um, and then there was a few more after that, Liam Kelly, Jake Cooper. But the, the one that, always, that, uh, that sticks to mind is... Um, Nick Hammond, who was the academy manager, gave a video to me and Naz Bashir, who I worked with at Reading, and said, have a look at this, see what you think. Um, we might be able to get him over. And uh, we watched this video and said, the boy was unbelievable. He was under 15, I think. The boy was very, very good. Two-footed. But we said to Nick, he can't, he can't move. He's not a good mover. Uh, Nick, fortunately, saw through that. We got him over, put him on a programme, and that was Gilfie Sigurdsson. <laughs> so, you know, that, that, but, you know, we wanted to get him over. Nick, Nick saw through all the guy can't move. We can, we'll, we'll be able to do something with that. They put him on a program, but he was fantastic. I mean, he talked about desire. He would go out, I'm not saying every day. But nearly every day, he'd go out with a bag of balls, taking free kicks, sticks and mannequins up, taking free kicks. And then you watch him do it when he's a pro and you think, well, that's why. Because he spent <laughs> hours and hours and hours practising it. Do you, uh, do you keep... But the best player, can I tell you? Yeah, go on. The best player, you will never, won't believe this. And I mean, I had the Sessegnons and all that at Fulham as well. So mm. there was a lot of good players there the best player I've ever coached, well, that I've ever worked with is Shane Small King. Wow. See, he um, he managed Heimor Ibis for a little while, didn't he? Yeah. Shane was just, when he was at Palace, he, in terms of natural ability and the ability to change a game and perform in a game, 
he just had even you speak to Hayden Mullins, Hayden will always say that 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 Shane was was a much better player than he was. But you know, Shane uh, Hayden had the other things that maybe Shane didn't have. I, I was going to say, what what uh, why why are we not looking at Shane as a as a as a professional footballer? Do you think? I it's it's you can you can say that. I mean, I can, I I played with um, I played with Jimmy Woodcock. Yeah. At Bracknell, and people always said, "Why why is Jim playing at Bracknell? Why isn't Jim a pro?" You know, and it, you you just you just can't put your finger on it. You just don't know why there's just something something there. Jim Jim was a great player, and and everyone used to say, "Why isn't he a pro?" But you just don't know. I I I wanted because I I don't really know anything about Jimmy Woodcock and at some point I'd like to do a a sort of a, a just a just a half hour talking about Jimmy with with people who who knew him because he he's he's a he's a player that continuously comes up it, when you look historically especially if you're looking for stuff about Bracknell and 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 sort of that sort of area of of local football mm-hmm. he's he's a player that always always comes up so watch this space for a for a bit of a Jimmy Woodcock special at some point I think um, I'll get yeah, you in on that, that one be- Jeff. Speak to Bobby Langridge. Bobby's Bobby's <laughs> played with him probably more than anybody. Fantastic. I I, I absolutely will do. Um, Jeff, I just wanted to ask you about the, the 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 players that you that you've worked with, especially sort of the pros. Do you do you keep in contact with them? Some of them. So, some I do, um, but I think they you know pe- people move on, they move away. Other people come in. I spoke to. Um, I spoke to Matt Cash yesterday, the lad who's playing at Forest right back. I, you know, I spoke to him yesterday. I worked with him at Fab Academy for about a season. Um, but some you do, Hayden, I see and talk to. Um, I bumped into Pearcey in ta- uh, James Pierce in town a little while ago. Jake Cooper, I bumped into a couple of times. You know, it's it's everyone moves on, don't they? Really, and th- and then you've got more players you need to talk to. Like now, it'll be talking to the Binfield players. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, you've uh, spoken there about uh, uh, being uh, working with Palace and their sort of a- academy or their centre of excellence, as it was, and uh, mm. uh, work, uh, coaching at different levels. Do you is, do you have a preference for what level of coaching you work with? Um, younger players who perhaps haven't. Uh, reach their potential or um, or people later on in their careers who maybe are sort of hitting the heights and you're trying to get a bit more out of them? Uh, I, I just enjoy working with anybody, really. It's, it's, it's always... Uh, we've always... I worked... Um, I'm not just saying it because it, it's him, but I worked in the same office as Brendan Rodgers for four seasons at Reading and probably learned although he's a lot younger than me, um, about being organised, making sure I, any coach can wing a session, but you have to be organised and structured and move from one thing to the next. And and that's what I've always tried to do that. It, you know, wherever you work, um, it's it's always important to be organised, structured, and, and try and get the best out of each individual. Um, I did try and coach my grandson's under-17 recently and found that very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> that less of an organised session, was it? 
<laughs> that was a chaos session. <laughs> Organized uh, chaos. <laughs> when you're um, when you're coaching with these uh, uh, younger players, perhaps is there something that you um, do you do you see the talent straight away and uh, uh, see the ones that can go on to become um, uh, higher players, or does it uh, do you uh, do you just see the things that develop as it goes along? Yeah, I, I've always, that's, I mean, we've all got stories about players that you've worked with and said no to, and they come back and, and, and been very good. I mean, the one who's quite topical that comes to mind at the moment is the boy at QPR, Abere, EZE. We had him at Fulham and, um, he was a good player, but he just seemed to be lacking something. Uh, and we didn't give him a scholarship at Fulham. And then, you know, we we're talking about him going to from QPR for a lot of money now. Um, but I, I, as I say, you try to plan the session. You can't work. It's difficult when you've got a group of 16 players, it's difficult to work on an individual. Um, I think clubs are now starting to do units like they'll do. Obviously, you've always had your goalkeeping coach. But clubs will work on the back four, work on the midfield players, work on their forwards, and have individual coaches for each unit, which would be the way forward. Mm. Um, Jeff, let's. Uh, I know you. Uh, you've mentioned to me, um, kind of, uh, just when we've been chatting before. Your when you were when you were at Bracknell, it was it was kind of you, you thoroughly enjoyed your time at Bracknell, and I I wanted to talk mm. about just that a bit because obviously that fits in with our. Um, with with what we cover and what we do, and um, yeah. you know, you had some good good seasons there. Yeah, I had a, I, I had a great time at Bracknell. Um, I, I I decided to leave Beaconsfield, although we'd done reasonably well the year before with a young team and no budget. Um, and I had a call from Mark Talentire, uh, and he. He was it's just starting his second season at Bracknell and if I would wanted to do any coaching there. So I had a meeting with him and um I was very um determined that I would there's a certain way I like to play. I like to play a possession based game. And uh the meeting with Mark was based around how we're gonna play. What's the point of having a three G pitch and then we're gonna win we're not gonna pass it. Um, and the that was exactly the way Mark wanted to play. So that's that suit. That was the first hurdle was overcome straight away. And um, yeah, we had a great first season. Just missed out on the league. We won the three cups. And then the second season we started quite well. And then Mark left, um, and I decided to leave. I, for me, that's always the right thing to do. If your manager, if your manager leaves then you walk as well. Um, so I gave it a week or so and then decided to go. Um, but then I came back when the Ascot lads left. I came back and did it with Carl Davis um, and Nebs, Stephen Nebbett. We did it till the end of the season. We had to win. When I came back, we had to win 13 games. And we actually won the 16. We won the 13 league games and we won the um, League Cup quarter-final semi and beat, beat, luckily beat Thatcham in the final. Because <laughs> I, I still, I, this is really, I still think 
Ferdie and Harrison would never, with the amount of arguments we had about it, I still think we were the best team in the league that year. Um, <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> the, it, you know, we 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 had a great we had a great run from the end of the season, and then the last season at Bracknell, um, you know, to get to the to get to the playoff final was an achievement. Um, I think um, in hindsight, when I reflected on it, um, losing Jamie McClurg for the last six or seven weeks of the season really, really hit us. And, and that caught up with us on the, in, the, um, in the playoff final. Um, it's never a one-man team, but you know he, he was so influential in everything we did. And it was just um, a massive loss to lose him at the end of that season. And then I was disappointed. I must admit, I was really disappointed to leave because we, we, we talked to one or two players about coming in the next season, and but it didn't work out. So that's football, as they say. <laughs> um, Rob, sorry, I know you wanted to ask one. I just have one one more question, just for for uh, for Jeff on that. You on that that final as well. You lost Harrison Bailey as well. So uh, if I remember yeah, right, just Harrison, before the in game, in the warm up, yeah, in um, the warm up, yeah. Which which you know you've suddenly lost two very strong midfield players and yeah. um no disrespect yeah. to Dave Hancock but it, but he's a he's an excellent right back and and perhaps yeah. not not in a game of that magnitude i mean he, he certainly tried but losing yeah. two experienced midfielders is is always going to be problematic yeah i mean in hindsight you know we would have if we played with three at the back, and in hindsight, we'd have gone back to four four two. Anks would have come in at right back, and we would have gone back to four four two. Yeah. But in the you know when it goes in the warm up, you you think on your feet then really, and we stuck. We did what we did, and it didn't work out for us unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Rob, all yours. Oh no worries. I was uh, just going to make the comment that. Um... All this praise for Jamie McClurg. You've already got the job at Brett Binfield, so you don't need to, <laughs> uh, don't need to uh, blow any more smoke. But anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll say that um, you've listed off a lot of uh, highlights of your time in Bracknell there. Is there anything, any one thing that stands out of the cup wins or the uh, promotions or the playoff finals? Is there anything that you sort of can point to and say, yeah, that was the, that was the best bit about my time there? Um, I think... The the game against it was great winning the thirteen games on the spin that was terrific and so you know going to Lydney and winning seven odd and then scoring eight goals I think in the last game but we played we played um, Thatcham in the final at Windsor and um, it was one all and um, Leggy was on the bench and I said to Nebs uh, let's let's put Leggy on the uh, forget how we did it. We took one of the central midfield players off, um, and then we had three in midfield, I think, and put Leggy on the right wing. And that won't work. That won't work. Nebs, Nebs wasn't having it. <laughs> I said, No, no, we got to do it. Let's just try it. Let's just try it. And the first minute he was on, Leggy crossed it, and Adam, I think it was Adam, edited it in, and then <laughs> Leggy then either scored or laid on the next goal. So that that's one thing that sticks in it really sticks in my mind. But you know, in the the first season in the um, in the Bostic, we, we had some we had some really really good performances in that season as well. 
Um, and 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 beating Westfield in the in the semi final, uh, particularly after they'd really battered us over there a couple of weeks before that. Um, they beat us three one on um, Easter Monday, and you know to I, it finished two one, but it was a it was a wasn't a two one game. It was a, we were so much better than them that day. Having uh, we've spoken to a few coaches on the here so far and it always strikes me that they uh, um went more on sort of the um style of performance rather than the result is that something that's similar to you you know would you would you rather the sort of uh, uh do you prefer the development of a team and the way they're playing uh, over the result obviously one leads to the other but um what gives you more pride basically yeah i think um there's a saying, isn't there? Performances will always give you. If you get enough good performances, you'll always get the results, which is right. Mm-hmm. But I think when you look at step four, you know it is about the result. It, mm-hmm. it is about winning the. It is about winning the game. I mean, how many people have you spoken to and said, "Oh, we were much better than them. We played better football." Well, hang on, you lost three one. You know, <laughs> you could say, you know. You can you can cover you can gloss over it, but at the end of the day, it's about producing a winning team. <laughs> but what we used to um, we I mean I, we didn't make this up. It's not come from me. It's something I picked up along the way. We used to play six 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 football. We used to call it six six six. So you try to get the ball back in six seconds. Six passes to get in the opposition's half. And always attack with six players. So we we used to call it six six six, and that's that's how we tried to play all the time. I was at Bracknell, and you know it, it's easy then. Um, we put up on the board. Um, we were four four two most of the time, and all the, posi- the the positions and the role. What was expected from you in that role? So when it got to half time, if things weren't going well. Rather than have a tear up, you could just say, "Well, that's your job. You're not doing that, and you're not doing that." And it it was easy then. It it didn't mm. it didn't lead to so as many rows, although we had plenty <laughs> of rows. So you were talking there about um, six six foot six football, and previously you were saying about um, wanting to play passing football when you first came to Bracknell. Is there a certain type of player that you look for to, um, um, or certain qualities in a player that you look for? Uh, to try and sort of uh, fulfil your style of football? Uh... I, I think I was fortunate that that when we when we went to Bracknell, we had the ideal group of players to do mm. that. They were all good footballers. And we had, a, you know, you had, you've got Grantie and Seb on the wing. You had a lot of pace. Um, you had Adam Cornell, TJ, uh, then... In the last year, we had Gav James and um, Ferdy. You had a good goal scorers, and that and that they all worked hard. They were a hard, very very hard working team. So I, I mean, I was very or when I came to Bracknell and Tally was already there. He he um, assembled a really good side that could play that way. And and you know we had people like Kensley, George Short, Withers. Dodds, and we had players at the back that were all comfortable on the ball. Johnny Gray uh, in the early days, 
um, and then Parsons, you know, and the one of the best footballing centre halves at that level is is Matt Day. Matt Day can deliver a ball with his left and right foot. He might um, people don't think he looks like the ideal footballer sometimes, but he's a very very good player. We uh, we're speaking to Matt next week, so. Um... That'll be, yeah, be, oh, don't tell him I said that. Don't worry, I won't. I'm sure he doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff, right, go on, Rob. Sorry. Oh no, uh, I was I was going to completely change track yeah, uh, altogether and say, uh, um, like, understandably, we spent most of the time talking about your coaching career. But um, do you have any highlights of your playing career that uh, you can share with us? Um, uh, you mentioned Bracknell a couple of times there and uh, Reading Town already, so. Is there anything else? Uh, anything you can uh, yeah, give us I on mean, the day before, coach? Well, when I was when I was when I was young, um, I was I was very very good. I'm not gonna beat about the bush. Um, when I was 14, I played for uh, East Barks and Berkshire 15s. I captained Berkshire at 15, and I was very very good at that age. Um, I played for Bracknell Town first team when I was 15. Um, you know, I had to, I played in a really successful Ascot United Sunday team as well. I played for East Hampstead on Sunday morning with Jimmy Woodcock and etc. Bobby Langridge. Um, I can remember playing in a Fielding Cup final at uh, Wokenham Town when I was 15 for East Hampstead on a Sunday Sunday afternoon, and you know that 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 game will always stick in my mind. Because we we had eleven players, uh, Jimmy played the whole game. I think, if I remember rightly, with his arm in a sling, um, <laughs> and it was just it was just one of those games that will always stick in my memory. When I was um, uh, at that time, I was at um, I was at QPR, um, and then didn't quite work out there. I went to Brighton for a while. Didn't quite work out there. Played a few South East Counties games. Um, then decided to get a job and just stay with Bracknell. Went to Wokenham. We had a really good run in the um, in the FA Youth Cup when I was at Wokenham um, that year. And we had, we had a good side then. All local lads, Johnny Steers, that sort of type of player. Um, and then when I was 20, I moved down to Gloucestershire uh, and played down there. And then moved back to, actually came to Reading when I was 25, 26. Played for um, a team called Huntley and Palmers. Oh, yeah. We're in the old biscuit factory. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Well, when I came back to Reading, I had enough of non league. So I thought, I'm just going to find the team with the best facilities. And in those days, (laughs) all the big companies had their own grounds. Courage's had a ground. They were in the Reading District Premier. Huntley and Palmer's peppered had a big team. Binfield were in the league, um, and we had we had some good times down there. We won the league one year. Um, peppered with a team to beat in those days. Um, Jeff, uh, just just to sort of just to round things off. Um, now it seems everybody we speak to who knows Mark Talentire, everybody seems to have a Mark Talentire story. Um, have you got one that springs <laughs> to mind? A Mark Talentire story. Um, me and Mark got on really, got, have always got on really well. I, I don't think we've ever had a difference of opinion. Um, we always wanted to play the same way. 
Um, I I, do you know, I can't, I can't really can't think of one. It's perhaps just in his um, playing days, but he seems to have been quite mischievous. Yeah, in his yeah, game. I obviously didn't see that. <laughs> obviously, didn't see that side of him. No, I've, I've you know, he's, he's, I still speak to him every week, yeah. and um, we get on really well. No, I really, I, <laughs> I can't, I can't think, I can't think of one. I can't think of anything that. No, I, I can't. No. The the other one was uh, was Steve Nebbett. I I have been toying with asking him to come on the podcast, but I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure we'd be able to do it. Put it out during the daytime. Um, you talk about training sessions. <laughs> Nebs Nebs used to train sometimes. He didn't train all the time, but you always, as soon as he put those put his boots on, I thought, oh no, here we go, because I knew exactly what was going to happen. He would steam into people kicking people up in the air and but and he he was he was a good player Nebs, but yeah it was always a lively session whenever he was involved <laughs> uh jeff thank you ever so much for talking to us today um rob was there anything okay. else you wanted to to ask um i'll go on i'll have one question to finish off then go on. as you said uh, uh earlier you uh, you were a very talented player in your youth is there anything any one bit of advice you'd like to uh, you as a coach would have liked to give the earlier younger you as a player um, uh, during your uh, playing career? Um, what you mean, what you think I should have done and why, why well, I didn't no, make just, it? Uh, what, what coaching advice do you now have, uh, like from your long and distinguished coaching career, what bit of advice would you have given to uh, your the, your younger self as a, as a player? Just keep working. Gilfie would be an ideal someone who worked at it every day may i think probably a lot of players were in maybe i don't know if this applies to shane maybe we're in the same position as me we thought we'd made it at 16 i thought you know i'm going to be a footballer and that's it and probably didn't work hard enough at that time to then to then carry it on you know you've got you've got to keep at it you've got to keep working you need luck you need luck and you need people that really like that really like you as a player. I know there's that side of it, but it's just hard work and dedication and and sacrifice. You unfortunately you can't when you're fifteen, sixteen, you have to come away from what your mates are doing sometimes. You can't be out with your mates all the time doing what they're doing because you need to practice. And and you know, be ready to play and train. I think it's easier now, um, the way the academies are set up, where virtually they're in nearly every day when you're 15 and 16. In my day, it was get the train up to Loftus Road, run around the pitch, uh, up and down the terraces, and have a six-a-side round the corner in the, on the tarmac if you were lucky. Now things are, are much better now. I think I'd have made it. If I'd have been a player now, I think I'd have definitely made it. He says tongue in cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, uh, Jeff, thank you. Thank you ever so much for, uh, for for talking to us and thanks for the thanks for your honesty. Um, there is one question we ask everybody just to, not football related, just uh, we ask everybody just to finish off. Um, can you recommend a box set or a TV show you're watching uh, to our listeners who, uh, you know, uh, you know, sitting around waiting for things to do. Do you know what? I don't, I don't watch. <laughs> Bob, what, what 
what what should they watch on telly on a box set? <laughs> what should they watch on telly on a box set? Anyone recommend something quick? <laughs> no, I, I, if it's nothing to do with sport, I don't very often watch watch it. <laughs> I do apologise. That's all right, Jeff. Not not a problem. Um, it... Everyone, everyone, t- everyone tells me I should watch the. Um, I should get Netflix and watch the Sunderland. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. There's a whatever it's called. Sunderland till I die. Sunderland. Yes. There's yeah, a Sunderland till I die. That's it. Watch that. I I haven't watched it myself, so um, I'm I'm in the same boat as you there, Jeff, with that one. But I'm told it's very very good. So. Okay. <laughs> um. Jeff, thanks for, as I've said a couple of times now, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, That was the Berkshire Football Stories podcast pub, but not in a pub chat, with Binfield coach Jeff Warner. Uh, You can see more in this series by searching Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. Please subscribe for all the latest, and if you have a minute, please give us a rating and a review. Uh, All that is left to say is that it's goodbye from me, Tom. It's goodbye from Rob. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, And it's goodbye from Jeff. Cheerio. See you all at Binfield next season.